Hey, I'm Casey Stone, and I am a lover and an encourager of people. Come on, that's you. I know this faith message is going to help you today. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, family! (laughs) I'm Casey Stone. Thank you so much for being live with me today at 2.41 on a Monday afternoon. I'm sure there's other things you could be doing with your time, but you're choosing to spend it with me, and I'm so grateful. Trust me, I'm grateful. Will you do me a favor and share this video with your family and friends, just on whatever platform you're watching from today? And if you haven't subscribed, what the heck are you waiting for? (laughs) What are you waiting for? Literally thousands of people from all over the world are joining together in this moment right now. Come on, right now. We've got thousands of subscribers, thousands of views coming together. I love technology because we can share the love of Jesus with so many people all at the same time. And I'm grateful uh, that you are a part of that with me. Go ahead and subscribe. Please, it just takes two seconds. And I'm so grateful for that. Also, if you have any prayer requests, don't forget to send those in. I love praying for you, with and for you. Come on, I declare the word of God over your situation, and it has to change in Jesus' name, right? So just go ahead and uh, you can leave your prayer requests in the comment section, uh, or you can email us to info at stoneministries.online, and I would love to be in agreement with you. Also, uh, thank you so much for that. Uh, If you have um, any... uh, uh, prayer, I mean, I'm sorry, a praise report. I would love to hear those too. Someone texted me the other day through Facebook and said, uh, was telling me how the podcast had been ministering to them. And I was just so grateful for that praise report because it's good to, to get a prayer request so we can be in agreement. But come on, a testimony, a praise report is going to be like next level stuff. That means that the prayer of agreement worked. Amen. So good. So if these are ministering to you, like they did my friend on Facebook, and you'd like to sow financially into this ministry to help other people get blessed as well, don't hesitate to do that. You can find the link in the comment section uh, below or in the description, whichever platform you're watching on. Um, I want to talk to you today really quick. Uh, I say really quick. We'll see how long it takes, <laughs> but I want to look really quick uh, at the du- the uh, direct promise that we have in the Word of God that I don't believe very many people talk about, uh, but it is a direct promise for the New Testament church, and that is the promise of restoration, the promise of restoration for you in your life, in every area, in every season, the promise of restoration You know, the need for restoration in our life, uh, the cause of the need, the need is just, it's the cause can be so broad if you need restoration. If you need need restoration, it could be a direct reflection of decisions you've made. Uh, It could be a a reflection of decisions that other people have made that are in direct contact with you or are close in your life. But let's get real. All of it stems from the thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's John 10, 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we can't get so focused on whose fault it is, right? We just have to blame it on the thief and move forward. It just, if we, if we get so focused on whose fault it is, the only thing it does is prolong the restoration process that God has in place for us to receive restoration. Amen. If we get so caught up on blaming somebody and we're trying to figure out whose fault it was, other than just saying the devil did it, let's get on with it. Let's move forward and get restored today. Amen. Right? Because 
if we get so caught up on that, what we're doing is we're just allowing it to uh, be seeded into us, be be planted into us. And whatever plant, we know that whatever's planted grows. We're faith people. Whatever is planted in our heart, whatever's planted in our life, all it does is just grow and grow and grow. And if we let something get in us, fester and grow, then nothing can get better without restoration. Nothing can get better without restoration. So let's talk about that today. We have to get restored and we have to do it fast. We have to get restored and we have to do it fast. We're not letting anything grow. We're plucking it out and we're getting restored. You know, um, <laughs> I thought it was interesting in a conversation that I was having with the Lord. You know, he just reminded me, you got to do this quick because the next day is coming. Life doesn't give us timeouts. We don't have days, uh, realistically, that we can just sit and do absolutely nothing. The next day is coming. Today is Monday. You're with me on a Monday, Casey Stone Podcast on a Monday. And guess what? Tomorrow's Tuesday. Tomorrow's Tuesday. Whether we're ready or not, ready or not, here it comes. <laughs> Tomorrow is Tuesday. Right? Tonight at midnight, it becomes Tuesday, whether we're ready or not. So life continues and what ends up happening is if we don't get restored fast, the only thing we do is just prolong the process and then day becomes the next day and then the day becomes the next day and the day becomes the next day and we're in this deep-rooted uh, need of restoration and we can't get it because we're so focused on all these other things instead of just doing it quick, doing it now. And I'm going to tell you how to do that. Stay. Stay to the end of this podcast because I promise you this is going to help you today. Let's get restored, and let's get restored now. Are you ready? Oh, come on. In Acts chapter 3, let's set this up really quick. In Acts chapter 3, Peter is preaching to a bunch of Jewish people uh, on the day of Pentecost, uh, and he actually starts this teaching in Acts uh, chapter 2, and it continues to here. But what he's doing is he's telling everybody about Jesus, about his life, about who he is, what he's done. Um, and so let's pick up in verse 19 of Acts chapter 3. It says, verse 19, Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. This is not in my notes, but this is so cool. Peter's talking to Jewish people, and over 3,000 people get saved. First day of the church. <laughs> Come on. We've got some competition. Peter's like, I'm going to win souls. Are you going to do it with me? All right, that's besides the point. So let's read that again really quick. Sorry about that. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that in times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. Verse 20. And he that may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, right? So he's saying, I've already preached to you before, whom heaven must receive. Wait, so let's stop there for just a second. It's important to know what Peter's talking about here. He's already laid out that Jesus has come and left. And now, right now in this moment, he's talking about the second coming of Jesus. So um, we are in a time period that this is talking about because where is Jesus seated? In heaven. Heaven's already received him. So he told them about the, the about Jesus coming, and then now he's saying heaven's going to receive him, and we are in a time period that heaven's already received him. So let's, let's see what happens after heaven received him. What time period are we looking at? Uh, heaven has received Jesus. So let's look at verse 21. Whom heaven must receive, right? It's already happened. Until when? Heaven's going to receive Jesus until right? So Jesus is coming back, Peter's saying, but before that happens, restoration, say restoration of all things, 
restoration of all things, whom heaven must receive until the time of restoration of all things. Restoration of all things is happening in this time period. Come on, you're living in a good day. You're living in a good day. If there's anything in your life that needs to be restored, you're living in a good day. <laughs> right now's the time because heaven has received Jesus and until he comes back, we're living in a time of restoration. How beautiful is this? How powerful is this? This is the word of God alive and effective for your life. This is so good. Until the restoration of all things. One translation says it like this. Until every heavens received Jesus, until everything that was lost shall be restored. Until everything that was lost shall be restored. Look at this. The original text says it like this. I love this. The original text says, until everything that can be restored. Say can be restored. Can be restored, will be restored. Until everything that can be restored will be restored. So there's a promise to us living in the New Testament church, a promise that God wants to restore everything in our life that can be restored. Everything that can be restored, God wants to bring restoration to that. If we've lost anything in our life, come on, now's the time. Now is the time to just receive that restoration. This is God's plan for you. This is part of God's plan for you is to have restoration available. Come on. And if it's God's plan for you, just like healing, right? Just like deliverance, just like financial breakthrough, those things are God's plan. And we ask and we believe those things are, are ours too, but we don't always understand those just like we don't always understand restoration. But if we know that it's God's plan, it's just our job to receive that. It's our job by faith to just receive restoration just like we receive financial breakthrough, just like we receive healing in our body. Even though we don't understand how all of that works, we're just grateful to be recipients of that benefit. <laughs> Amen. Come on. That's so powerful. So powerful. We just received that today, even though we don't understand. Remember the original text uh, in Acts chapter 3, we just, we just recently said that um, in Acts 3, the original text says, he wants to restore everything that can be restored. He wants to restore everything that can be restored. What can prevent restoration in our life? Us. Us. We are the only ones that can prevent restoration in our life by just focusing on the fact of not understanding it or focusing on the fact of whose fault was it, right? We have to just stand up and receive the restoration. We're not being punished. We're not being punished by, by, um, by something not being restored in our life. All of God's wrath went on Jesus once and forevermore. There's no more wrath from God that can be put out towards you. So the us not being restored, our lives not being restored, is not God punishing us. It's us punishing ourselves. It's us punishing ourselves. We are holding condemnation on ourselves. Romans 8.1 says, there's no condemnation for you. No condemnation. Right? I, I, told, I tell people all the time, listen, if you're looking for condemnation from me, you ain't going to get it. <laughs> if God doesn't even have condemnation to give to you, who am I to have condemnation to give to you? This is good stuff. This is so good. This is so good. God wants every part of your life restored. He wants every part of your life restored. Did you know that we can have heaven here on earth? heaven here on earth. It's even confirmed in Jesus' teachings. What did he tell his disciples to pray? On earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. And for that to happen, for us to really fully experience heaven on earth, we have to be restored. 
We have to be restored. We're not going to experience heaven on earth if restoration hasn't come. Right? If restoration has not come to our life, there's no way that we're going to be able to experience heaven on earth. Restoration has to take place. This is so important in every area, in every area of our life. We can't leave one area not restored and expect heaven on earth. We can't leave one area not restored and expect to see the full manifestation of heaven in our life. Right? We are a representation of God, and that's why it's so important to him for us to live a restored life, for us to live in restored seasons, in restored areas. Uh, Because Matthew 5, 16, we know this verse very well. It says, for other people to look at us, see the good works that we're doing, and then so that God can get the glorified, be glorified by that. So God can get the glory. People are going to look at you, look at your life, and God's going to get glory for the way that you live. Come on. And if the good thing that you're doing is being restored, that's glorifying God. Restoration is a good thing. Come on. So God's going to get glory by us living a restored life. Let's embrace this. Come on. Let's embrace this. And can I share something good about God's top of restoration with you? Can we look at this? All right, let's look together. You're probably familiar with Luke chapter five, but let's begin. uh, I want to read in uh, verse, let's do verse four. Luke chapter five and verse four. It says, when he, that's Jesus, had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets. His what? His nets for a catch. Verse five, but Simon answered and said to him, master, we've toiled all night and we've caught How much? Zilch. We've caught nothing. We've toiled all night and we've caught nothing. Nevertheless, because you said so, or at your word, another version says, I will let down the net. The what? The net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. See, in verse four, Jesus told Simon, let down your nets. And in verse 5, Simon agreed to let down his net, singular, just one, (laughs) just one. Jesus said, Simon, I got something for you. I need you to let down your nets. And Simon said, okay, great. I'm ready to receive. I'll let down my net. Wow, this is so powerful. Simon had caught nothing and God was trying to restore in his way more than enough. God was trying to restore Simon more than enough, but Simon didn't understand that. See, a lot of times we don't understand God's restoration process. And so what happens when we don't understand God's restoration process, we let down one net, just like Simon did. Come on, don't, don't blame him. Don't, don't, don't try to put condemnation on him. Simon did it and we do it every day. Every day we let down one net telling God, you can restore this much. You can restore this much. God says, let down your nets and we let down our net telling God, you can restore this much of me. You can only restore this much. Man, oh, just let that sink in for just a second. God says, I want to restore all and more of you. And we say, we're in agreement, but you can only restore this much. See, this is so powerful. God's telling you today, the restoration that I'm bringing into your life is going to take two nets. 
I need you to get prepared with two nets because I'm bringing more than what you lost originally. That's how God restores more than what you lost, more than you originally were taken from you, more that was more than what was originally taken from you. God is bringing in more back to you than what you originally lost. This is so powerful. Come on, tell somebody I got two nets and they're ready. Yes, come on, this is so good. So good. I love this story because we look at this story and we see that what happens is God still sends full restoration, right? All the fish that God had prepared still came, even though Simon was only letting down one net. What is God saying? God's saying, I'm not going to change who I am just because you're not believing who I am. I'm still sending full restoration. I'm still sending full fish, a full number of fish for you to receive. Whether you're ready or not, restoration is coming. Just like Tuesday is coming, whether we're ready or not, restoration is coming and provided whether we're ready to receive it or not. So we might as well just receive it, right? God didn't say, I'm not going to waste restoration uh, on you because he won't receive it anyway. Why? Because it's God's will for you to be restored. He's fully on board with this. He's not changing who he is just because we're not on board, just because we don't believe right? So what do we need to do? Just believe. Just believe. He wants to restore all that can be restored. We're the only ones that's standing in that way, in that, in that, uh, in the road, standing in the way of God's restoration and coming into our life. We're the only one that's blocking that, right? He's the only one. Uh, I mean, we're the only one that is blocking that. He let down one net because he was only used to the restoration that the world could bring not the restoration that God's bringing. Full restoration, over and abundant, over and abundant, more than what you lost. God's restoration, so good. Can we look at one more scripture? Will you stay with me, one more scripture? Exodus chapter 21, verse nine. It says, for any kind of trespass, whether it concerns an ox, a donkey, a sheep, or clothing, or for anything that you've lost, say anything I've lost, I'm about to tell you how to get restored. Don't leave. I'm about to tell you. This says anything that is lost, which another challenges to be his. In the original text, this says for someone to stand up and say, that's mine. That's mine. Stand up and say, that's mine. The cause of both parties shall come before the judges, say judges, and whomever the judges, say judges, Whoever the judges condemn shall pay double to his neighbor. The word judges here in the original text is Elohim. Elohim. And it is uh, how we were introduced to God in Genesis. In fact, whenever uh, God says, let us make man in our image, that is Elohim's image. When uh, Elohim says, let us make man in our image. So we know Elohim as the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. So this says that the judges or Elohim is responsible for the decision when we stand up and say, no, that's mine. No, that's mine. We stand up with the party that is accusing us, the party that has hurt us, the party that has caused us pain, and we say, no, that's mine. Restoration is mine. Restoration is mine. Come on. Restoration is mine. You just say that with your own mouth right now. Say, restoration is mine. Yes. Come on. God is saying, stand up and take it. 
Stand up and take it. Stand up and take it. So this is saying when something is stolen from you, you go before God and say, listen, I know what he just stole from me, but that is mine and I take it and receive full restoration in Jesus' name. Come on, in Jesus' name, Jesus' name. 99% of the people, uh, 99% of the time, excuse me, that uh, we are hurt or we experience loss, all of that boils down to being done by a person. 99% of the time. I would say 100% of the time, but I, there, I would definitely get an email that would correct me. So I'm going to give you 1%. But 99% of the time, the restoration that is needed, the reason we need restoration is because we were hurt or affected negatively by a person. You can, it can be done in all different kinds of ways, but if you boil it down, it's a person that's hurt you. It's a person that has hurt you. And we don't like to admit this part, but the biggest thing with restoration, the biggest part of restoration is an F word that we don't like to use. <laughs> and that's forgiveness. The biggest part of restoration is forgiveness. Forgiveness. Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind and gentle-hearted, forgiving one another. Be kind and gentle-hearted, forgiving one another. So part of forgiveness, bringing restoration into your life, after you take it, after you take the restoration, the boldness comes upon you and you take the restoration. The second part is being kind and tender-hearted, forgiving one another. See, before we can forgive, we have to become kind and tender-hearted towards that person. So letting down one net in the restoration process sounds like this. I'm forgiving them and moving on. How many of you ever done that? Yes, I forgive them. That's what letting down one net means. Let's listen to letting down two nets. Ephesians 4.32 style. Sounds like this. Father, I forgive them and I bless their life. I bless their marriage. I bless their finances. I bless their children's lives. I bless their grandchildren's lives. I bless their home. I bless their vehicle. Father, let them live never a day in lack in the name of Jesus. Shalom, peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. That's what it looks like to forgive and to take restoration. Ephesians 4.32 style forgiveness. Come on, not just, not just grumbling. I forgive them and that's enough. No, let's begin to bless their life. Be kind and tenderhearted, forgiving one another. See, restoration is so simple, but it takes action on our, por our part. Stand up. No, that's mine. And I take restoration now for me. Now I'm going to look to the person that offended me, the person that hurt me, the person that caused drama in my life, the person that spoke against me. And I'm going to be kind and tenderhearted, and I'm going to forgive them, and I'm going to bless their life. Has this helped you today? Man, it helped me, I'm telling you. It really helped me. I'm preaching to me right now. In this moment, I'm preaching to me. This is so good. Come on, I, I know that if you apply this, it will benefit you. It will drastically change your life. And I can't wait to hear all about what God is about to do. I'm so proud of you because I know that you're walking this out. But you're not doing it alone. Come on, I'm with you. I promise I'm with you. I'm always gonna be here for you because I love you. Yes, you! And I can't wait to see you again next week. God bless you.